Kings of Punk Podcast, Legacy of Discharge, Part 2, kingsofpunk.com. But I, I think it's really important to talk about a couple things with Discharge. I'm going to talk about, I think, the bass sound you want to talk about, Jake. But first, I think we got to talk about the formula of the songs. Yeah. Very strict. Yes. This, so a they lot got stricter of, and stricter with it. Uh, for a while until yeah. they didn't. A lot of people sometimes mess this up, but if you want to sound like Discharge, the verse you play six times. Yeah. Two to start, two with vocals in the beginning, and you know, and, and then two in the middle. And then you do four for a chorus four or eight for a chorus. Or five. I feel like I've even heard five. I don't I don't know. I don't know why. I can't corroborate that necessarily, but usually it's that. And then the ver and then when you do a solo it's for four or eight. But the the six is very important because it's it's not eight. I think eight yeah. rep repetitions is too long and six is like four will be too short. It, it and it's deli- and if you've never heard it before, and even if you have heard it before, it is jarring but in a good way. Like it, it sticks in your mind because it's like it feels a little too short. And that's the point. Yeah. You know, one thing I've said this before, and then re- in researching for this podcast, I realized I th- I think I said this because the guy from Neurosis said it. The the whoever the I don't know much about Neurosis, but the vocalist and lyricist has said that for years and years he's been influenced by what he calls the discharge haiku. I've before in in trying to explain how good this band is compared Kel's lyrics to haiku, which is a very, very strict form of Japanese poetry. Five, seven, five syllables, three lines. Uh, your subject matter is limited to you're, you're basically painting a picture of something uh, rather than having a narrative like you would in long form poetry. And yeah. that is uh, to a T uh, this, at least the spirit of what Kel does with his lyrics. And I would argue what discharge by this point is fully doing with their music. They are sure. painting tableaus of, uh, war and suffering using a very very strict format and uh i think having a strict format like that and even a band like the ramones is a little bit like this can actually stimulate creativity on your part if it's actually strict if it's not just lazy if it's not just oh we don't need to do more if you start out telling yourself we are not going to do more than these established things that forces you to do more within those lines because you can't color outside of them yeah for sure I 100% agree. And that's why this record, I think, is so great. It's because it's very, it's to the point. It doesn't, like, it's, like, 14 minutes or so. Like, it doesn't fuck around. Like, I mean, I don't know. Ain't No Feeble Bastard, like, such a fucking good song. The title track, Why? Like, the lyrics. Yeah. The chorus, why, 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 why? Like, it sounds like if if someone brought that to, like, the table, I think it'd be, like, yeah, like you're joking, right? That's got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke. But like, you're, it, you're fucking with me. Sounds here. dead fucking serious when you hear the record, though. Yeah, that's why it's so great. And like, as you were saying, with, with the bass on this Reddit rush record, Rusher on this Reddit, on this Reddit thread, um, the bass on this Reddit thread is really, <laughs> it's really, it's really heavy. Like, yeah, you don't hear that on their previous records. I don't I don't think not as much no. like not as much. It, it's it blends in more. It, it's on the high up ones. on the mix here and it has a little overdrive. This is one element that I do have to assume maybe came from Lenny from Motorhead. Um, <laughs> our good friend, our good friend, Lenny, Lenny. Uh, and, and good friend Len. Rainey's style is developing a little bit more. This is we did. We talked about Chrome Eggs before and I know this is one of Harley's big influences in Chrome Eggs. And if you listen to the Chrome Eggs demo, it's very obvious. 
it's uh there's a sort of stylistic cluster between Rainey from Discharge, Geezer Butler, and Kronos from Venom, and then it kind of you add in the guy from Bad Brains who has a kind of different style, and then you end up with Harley Flanagan. And this is like that, you know, using the and and Lemmy obviously, and you end up with fucking Lenny, with Lenny. and then. Yeah, throwing in some some power chords here and there on the bass and just that fuzzy overdrive, which has since become a total trope of the D-beat genre. Like, this this record is where that really enters the mix. And, uh, yeah, by way of this band, I, th- I think Motorhead would have brought that influence to, like, metal bands and other heavy bands, too. But this record, I think, did a lot to, like, really get that out there. Because if you've never heard that before, if you only heard, like, a normal undistorted bass, like, it's, like, shocking. You're like, whoa, I didn't know you yeah. could do that. It's heavy as shit. It is. Like GBH did that too to their credit, but this 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 record is like a big part of popularizing that, I think. I mean, whole UK, they love that that shredding bass. Yeah. You know? Love it. Venom. Venom. Uh, uh Napalm Death. Motorhead. You know, again, yeah, these bands. It's a thing where it's fuzzy. They and love he, it. It's fuzzy, and he's playing some chords, and he's sliding around the neck a little bit. Yeah, but then, he does that a bunch, too. But he always lands where he needs to, and it's yeah. fucking, it, like, puts you on edge because it's like, where is he going to land with that boom, and then it lands like a fucking bomb going off. Yeah, and the bass should be, it shouldn't work like that because the bass should be the rhythm along with the drums. So mm-hmm. it's it's just, like, all this, this chaos. So they go along a tour this is like early, earlier in the 81, they do this. I think like mid-81. I don't know exactly when it comes out. But they end up going on a tour. Uh, I guess you could say it's the New Punk Tour, ostensibly. It's called the Apocalypse Now Tour. Um, it's like, I believe, seven dates in the UK um, with Exploited. Exploited is like the headlining, the big band, mm-hmm. at least on the flyer that I saw, with them, Discharge, Antiposti, Cron and infra, infra riot yep i've i've heard a lot of those names but i have no idea what they sound like what the, why why are they so against pasta yeah i like pasta anti pasty i don't know what their name means anti so anti pasty uh and is a band that had like some great singles or eps back then i, I think on the lp it it Wore out its welcome a little bit, as is the case with a lot of UK2 stuff. But I will say, all the bands they meant you just mentioned were, like, those were, like, standard bearers of, like, basically the UK hardcore scene at that point. They mm-hmm. were popular and uh, made some good music. Um, Infrariot, maybe, they leaned a little more oi-sounding. They've got the sing-along oi, football oi. choruses. Again, some great songs. LP is a little much for me. Cron I love that band. I think they're great. They're a little like poppier sounding. They're like if you took a band like this, not like Discharge, but like a UK82 band and and, uh, added a little bit more, like I said, like pop sensibility in the songwriting. I I like content a lot and they were popular at this point. They played a lot of big shows. Yeah. And I believe near the end of of 81, they do some sort of a, a European tour. It's hard to say. Some of the stuff, folks, it was very hard for me to find out. And I assume they did a European tour near the end of 81 because there's a photo of them at Vatican City. So it's very likely that they did. I'm, I'm sure they weren't just going on vacation just because. Especially to that place. Uh, they they I'm sure they went to Italy. I would assume they did Scandinavia, too. Uh, yeah, I think I've probably heard people from anti Simex talk about it. The, it's tough because one, there's uh, resources that are not in English, and two, 
um, outside of the UK, like in, in continental Europe, even at this point, there were like venues that were squats and weren't official venues. And uh, everyone there was like huffing glue all the time. So it's hard to get information. Yeah. Do you, do you think they played in Paris, France? They probably got their seed all over a bunch of people, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And they probably had people gasping, oh, never again would I ever go see Discharge. And they little would... Little did they know. Little did they know they will continue to strike. But they also released another single at the end of 81, near the end of 81, called the Never Again single. Now, this has the... Again, Discharge has so much iconic, like, art. This, this has the, the pigeon on the, the knife. That yeah. you've seen before. Yeah, I think this is like, this might be their most. One of their most iconic. Besides yeah. the three skull thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like, yeah. I would imagine this as well as the three skull thing probably went a long way to making metalheads listen to them. This looks like, like the Never Again one is maybe the first record that looks like it could be a metal record. Yeah, I mean, what? But by this time, what do we have? Like, I think the second Minor Threat Seven Inches out by then. Yeah, no metalheads um, going to think that looks cool. No. But they see this dove getting shoved. There you on go. The album cover. <laughs> yeah, I think why done to a knife. I think why is an important album uh, cover aesthetically yeah, too for, because for sure that that collage style has become so ubiquitous since then. We know this was a big influence on Sakevi of Gizm from Japan. Uh, it's it's influenced, I think, by I, I know Cal was very into the craft stuff and he was giving some direction to that Martin guy there. But I mean, yeah, the collage thing—that's a long tradition in punk that goes back to. 70s even throbbing gristle kind of helped uh popularize that but uh the that's now over the years i think come more associated with like d-beat and anarcho-punk specifically oh yeah why would be a crucial explanation the, as to why that is i think very stark you know the black and white very stark yeah, contrast yeah. i think that's really important too um i don't think we need to listen to a song off never again it's it's pretty good it's not as good as, like production wise it's not as good this the title track never never again i like that song a lot you know the chorus is really good nev nev never again the one thing you know? I, I would say about this record is you can hear their musical style evolving a little bit it has yeah. a l little bit a little of tighter. Uh, it has some heavy metal sleekness to it that why does not yeah it's for sure production wise there, and, and the db there he's playing it it's uh less jarring and like there's a little less crash symbol so it's it's less it feels less stop and start and more like a driving motorhead rhythm yeah well that has another drummer on it gary maloney that would i think that change is really really important because because the y record the drumming again it, it it has a little bit of not in a sloppy way because i've described venom like this before and it, i meant they were sloppy Y has a kind of like falling down the stairs quality it's a it's chaotic sounding, and I think the drums with the like massive amounts of crash cymbal have a lot to do with that. On Never Again, they sort of uh, compress that down to something that more resembles like a driving Motorhead beat, and would later become like a driving thrash metal beat. Yeah, really, the Kill 'Em All beat. For oh, for oh, sure. Oh yes, yeah. The Kill 'Em All factor really starts on Never Again, I think. So, 1982, we have the LP come out uh hear nothing see nothing say nothing um, once again iconic album art I, I i think everyone's seen this you probably have heard this before but i think 
this would be like to me i think this is like in my opinion one of the heaviest records of this time production wise like it's crazy how good this still sounds oh yeah 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 i mean this is you could i think i've said before you can make a solid case that this is the greatest hardcore album of all time i think yeah like this to me then and i think on a songwriting thing this is now because it's 14 songs and they're expanding it a little bit um they're adding a couple different elements here and there i think this is like the definitive idea of discharge it it, it is it's especially I, lyrically i've de- exactly yeah i've described this as a concept record before because with the exception of free speech for the dumb because the earlier records would be like mostly anti-war stuff and then some general anti-government stuff. This record is, I would say, 95% of it is just describing the horrors of war. Yeah. And, and and even to the point of having the sound collage kind of thing at the end of the A-side with the clips from whatever that documentary was, the yeah. uh, Enormous Door documentary yep. and, and, and shit. And uh, Enormous Door, it's a reference to... The way that uh, people who were there when the bomb, atomic bomb got dropped said it sounded like an enormous door slamming in the gates of hell. Uh, Cal then used that term in some of his lyrics on this record. So so this it, it they add they polish up some of the playing, specifically the drumming becomes a little more driving, a little more like stripped down sounding. At least the production is, I guess, in a, by conventional definition, better. I also happen to like it better. They add in some songwriting elements that weren't there before, but this is all simultaneously like the strictest they ever stuck to their formula. I think this kind of, yeah, I think this kind of also is like, so we're uh, we're pretty much finished with the Hallucination Realized LP, a band that me and Gary uh, over here play in. And I feel like I've been listening back to some of the songs. I feel like a lot of the songs are like, some of these songs sound like older songs I've done, but... I've like ref- we have refined them and it's like this is yes you could say this kind of part in this song is some of this part in an older song but we've been able to refine them and do it like way better like on every single level and I think this is like what they needed to do because very shortly after this they start to change their sound and it becomes pretty drastic but I think this was like the apex of them like this is like the diamond that has been like cut and trimmed and like it's like perfect like yeah there isn't there's for for an lp a full length album this is like i think perfect i think this i've i've said this before about other bands but this is the record where they became what they were to uh use a nietzschean phrase and um the tragic nature of becoming is once you stop becoming and you've become then you start to uh go rotten or become brittle uh, ideally, you want to be eternally becoming, but that's not how life works. Yeah, I mean, we if only we could all be so lucky. I thought you were going to quote the Pantera song. Oh, well, becoming. Yeah. Become. I, I think I, yeah, the right. only line I know is becoming. <laughs> <laughs> I, you could say you know Discharge what? reached a new level with this release. That's true. That's the only... Pan- I, I always make the Pantera reference because it's my favorite song of theirs. Well, little did we know that they were ones. walking through the cemetery gates. Yeah. <laughs> or their career was, at least. But, I I mean, the first song, Hear Nothing, See Nothing, the title track. See Nothing. Uh, it, I think this is, like, the definitive, like, idea of, like, of like 
starkness and like minimalism in a sense. Like lyrics, lyrics are literally lie to, threaten, cheat, and deceived. Hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. Now I'm saying it. <laughs> nice. Uh, let up garden paths and into blind alleys. Hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. That's it. That's and they just repeat it. It literally reads like haiku. It's three. It is technically three lines. Yeah, they just repeat. And even the guitar riffs on this record are like, they are simple. Like he doesn't add in a lot of. uh, It's not busy sounding, which I like a lot of busy sounding music. I've written a fair amount of it, but he only plays the chords he needs to. Well, you know, I, I think with with but with each song, it's like. It's not the same. It's not the same. Again, it's like yeah. doing a lot in a minute in a small amount of space. Like it, it's all in, in the subtle, it's in the details, man. It's the the songs feel different because there's little t- tiny details that are different on them, but you that know, adds up to you know a different feel on the songs. Now you know where the use of the haiku comes from. Where's that? That's just uh, Kale Kale's way of you know um, showing how much of a anime fan he is. So he's it's ooh, like him like re- he's you an know, otaku. Yeah, he got Res- it from fucking Speed Racer. Respecting Japanese culture, he you was know. he was really into the original um, Gundam. Yes, yeah. series <laughs> that I believe was it pre- might have been premiered in the seventies. Yeah. I believe it premiered in yeah, the seventies. So, so I, I assume, and that's like an anti-war kind of like show. Yeah, everything from Japan was wow. At that actually, point, yeah. that would dude, that would be so. Because here's another thing, folks. Anything that you've I've read about like discharge, nothing comes from him. He is not included. Yeah. It seems that Cal does not want to talk about discharge for some well, reason. I wonder why. I think it has something to do with getting those trash cans thrown on him when they played in yes. America. We'll, we'll talk we'll about that why, later. Yeah, they um, have a few good records left in them though. So is there? I think I would like to play a song. Um, I'm trying to think of one. There's again, there's so many. Well, how about Q? Meanwhile, Q and children. A I, I and was, children. I was gonna suggest that that's one. That's a really good one. Let's that, play that one. That one's good. Yeah, because that's another thing where it's like cries the, of pain is good too. Meanwhile, those are like my three favorites. Cries of help. You mean? Oh yeah, yeah. But he says cries of pain. Cries of pain. All right, let's play question and children. Answer and children. Children and children Scared, feel, nagging, and sticks 
Wow, incredible track from Discharge Question and Children Answer and Children, uh, which also predicted the QAnon movement. And children. It's about frazzle drip. Yeah. It's about um It's like Q being like, Well, what and children? What about the children? Yeah. And whoever A is Asa, uh, oh, it's anonymous. Obama. It's Obama. It's Barack Obama. Yeah, it's anonymous. Yeah. Q and oh. anonymous both say and children. That yeah, I think the uh, the the question is what or it's in response to what did what has Hillary Clinton eaten? And it's like I don't know, hot dogs, soy milk, and uh, children, and children, <laughs> and children. Okay, wow. And then right the uh, and then the anon is like and it's like it knows. Oh yeah, yeah. and children. So, great record, and then we got one more record that comes out in 1982, uh, State Violence, State Control. This is one of my favorite Discharge records, actually. Very, I mean... There is a stylistic change. It's catchier. It sounds a little more like a rock song. Yes. But it's the same basic formula of songwriting, and it is really catchy. It's so... I listened to it today, like earlier. It's so good. But perhaps um, this is where the cracks start appearing this is kind of where you start because i like, would say they appear most clearly right after this but this is in retrospect you can see him yeah. yeah yeah like his vocals from that to this already sound different just a little bit different but and yes. like but it's and it's like subtle enough to where it's like when you like have this timeline you go oh okay because uh should we play that song sure or do we want to just keep going? Let's. So you should listen to that song, listeners, if you yes, haven't before. Please. I think we should skip it and definitely play a song off the next record because the next one is where it like is still really good, but the the cracks are like clearly showing. Yes. So 1983 comes. Well, I'll say this. This is an important. We should definitely play the song that Motley Crue stole that riff from. 1982, they go on tour in the U.S. Yes, and Canada. So, and Canada. So. They do three U.S. tours in the 80s. The first one is this time. Uh, I could not find every single date, but I found some. They played in October 14th. They played Detroit, and then the next day they played in Philly. Yeah. In August of eight, August 18th, I found a and I, the way I found some of this folks was using uh, discogs, finding bootleg Tapes. Releases, oh, okay. releases, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw that there was a live release that was recorded in August eighteenth at in Middleborough at the Crystal Cavern or something, Crystal Cave or something like that. The Crystal Cave, that is the Seagal album, by the way, um, or Songs something like that. Crystal Cave, Crystal Cove, something like that. And I tried to find out where Middleborough was. The only thing I could think of was Kentucky. It's Middleborough, Kentucky, but that venue I could not find anymore. I found something like it, but it seemed to be more of a cigar gentleman's club. I don't think it's the same place that fucking <laughs> that um, Discharge played in 1982, but if they played in Kentucky in 1982, yeah, that's crazy. In fucking Kentucky, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my. And your band life. can't fucking play Rochester or Buffalo or Syracuse. Get the fuck out of here, mother. I know. In '82, they did a show with Misfits in California too. They played, really? Okay. They played the Olympic Ballroom, I believe. Well, Olympic that's where like a ton yet. of like bands played, right? That is where like all the. I, I'm kind of guessing that it's Olympic. I think it was because that is was a huge venue in L.A. that did punk shows, I think, among other things. But by that point in L.A., like, punk was already getting big enough that you could play a huge yeah. call like that. Oh, yeah. Like, and, that's cra- like it's crazy how big, like, Discharge kind of, like... And some of these other bands, like, were. Like, they were playing the, yeah. like, 
five six hundred yeah, seven olympic people. when bands came from overseas to the u.s a lot of times they would just do one-off shows at uh the olympic like uh one-way system actually one of the better uk 82 bands went and played there uh raw power played there radis fucking played there yeah didn't um well, actually radis what's that, what's that other uk Ristatet what's that other uk there? crossover kind of band the early 80s english dogs english dogs didn't they play there, Is there, they a did video there as did uh broken bones bones from discharge band that yes. he Started after he left following the state violence, state control single. Broken Bones, I think, played California more than once. Because one thing I've noticed, I love watching old videos from U.S. hardcore shows, especially looking at the T-shirts, because they're different than the ones you see now. Yeah. There's bands everybody loves now, and everybody has a shirt that no one gave a fuck about then. More interestingly, there's bands that everybody's got T-shirts for back then that no one gives a shit about now. Or or people who would go to a quote-unquote hardcore, like people who would go see Electric Chair wouldn't care yeah. about now. You go watch uh, old footage from the U.S., you see anti-Nowhere League shirts because that gimmick band was big because it's a good gimmick. Mm-hmm. U.K. subs because they toured the U.S. a lot. Yep. Angelic Upstarts because they toured the U.S. a lot. Okay. And you also see a lot of Broken Bones t-shirts because I think they played here a bit. And also when Discharge started to eat shit, when Bones left. Bones kind of, pe- the BB. People got into that, yeah. It's, you know what, another one that I think is really interesting and a, a band that I'm not really familiar with is uh, that band Life Sentence. Yeah, they're from Chicago. Yeah, that, they're uh, one of the hard punk, hardcore zines or one of the punk things that we follow on the cop uh instagram page yeah at cop pod official on instagram yeah um they have posted someone has posted a bunch of people wearing life sentence shirts and it's always like i've never heard a single person talk about this band i i used to listen to that lp a lot it's really yeah. good and I, li- the, and I did listen to it. it's pretty fucking good it's, it's awesome like and crazy the co- and no one here y- talks the, about it the cover art is really good so that might have to do with the t-shirts it's just yeah. good simple cover art so we should listen to a song off warning her Majesty's government can seriously damage your health, which is the yeah, next with, EP that with, they put with, out. Yeah, p- play the song with the high, with the live wire riff. I don't know what that one is. When there is a will, there is a way. Is that I it? I think so. Yeah. All right. We'll play where where there is a will, there is a way. And just so we know, this is the first record that does not feature Bones. Uh, it's, it features the guitarist Pooch, who would play for the next couple of, two eighty three to eighty four with them so this is off warning her majesty's government can seriously damage your health
right. So that was where there's a will, there's a way. Now, I have a couple reviews that I wanted to read from Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah, we start with that. Um, This is from the Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing LP. This came out in 82. First issue of MRR. So this is for the the, the LP. The LP. the, The good LP. Doom with a very fast beat. Don't say that these guys didn't warn us if something drops, someone drops the big old, the big one, because this is the second LP, they also have four seven inchers, that hammer away without mercy at the potential hell of a nuclear holocaust. The songs here tend to be a bit similar, repetitive riffs and some heavy metal guitar, but the delivery is so powerful, the words so convincingly committed, that it's a winner. Much like watching a huge fire, horrifying but riveting at the same time. So, yep. Yeah. Riveting. Positive is a good word. review. Riveting is a good word for that record, by the okay. way. But yeah, continue. So state violence, state control. Surprise, surprise. This record sounds just like Discharge. Actually, only Doomsday does. The flip is much slower, but structurally the same. You either like Discharge and can't get enough of them or you say never again. They sound a lot better on record than they do live. Hmm, interesting. So same I've person. S- I've seen some live videos of them playing on the West Coast back then, and some of them are great. Some of them... I will say it seems like they're getting lost a little bit yeah, and getting off from each other, and then Bones just starts soloing when he's not supposed to. <laughs> so this is from Maybe the record an, we Probably an influence about. on Gizm. Perhaps he saw some Ooh. bootleg videos of that because that's what all the Gizm live footage is like. Yes, there's, there's some stuff that's like that. It's very funny. Uh, more 24-track mundanity from Discharge. They're getting slower and more metalish these days. Anger Burning is hardly more than a standard rock song. It's okay for a band to change styles, but why follow the same boring route that so many others select? Give me Disorder any day. I'll tell you this. Ooh. By 1984, yes, Disorder didn't suck anymore and were, in fact, a very, very good band. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really, this is probably going to be the most important topic we talk about in this episode. For many, many years, I had heard this, and I had also heard the great, great, great record Too Fast for Love by Motley Crue. I, I do love that album. And... For whatever reason, I didn't look it up, and I just assumed that Motley Crue stole the riff you just heard uh, from Discharge for their song, Livewire, which you may know from the Michael Savage program on radio. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What a great show. Our our biggest inspiration is broadcasters, Uh, Mr. Michael Weiner there. Anyway, uh, we looked it up and just confirmed I was totally wrong about that. Too Fast for Love came out in 1980-fucking-one. And I yeah. have a hard time believing that discharge because it sound it's the same riff. So discharge presumably stole a Motley Crue riff. Pooch Pooch comes in. And he's like, "All right, I got it. They got something." And he's like, "Screwed the fucking Pooch." Uh, he's been listening to this new thing called Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Wow, it sounds good. Oh, it sounds good. I'm cow. Oi. Meanwhile, Bones was making. Uh, Decapitated, yeah. decapitated, and that shit rips. So, so I think they might have screwed the pooch a little on this one, but it's still, I would say, a good record. Still they solid record. Pooch. I there, like some of these. There are these there are ones. songs on here where Kale starts to do a high pitched like metal thing a little bit, yeah. but it's only a little bit. You can hear his voice is different though. From this to like, if you compared this to hear nothing, it's like, huh? He's not the same guy. He's not doing the like bark anymore. No. Next record is very much where you hear like the metal. Uh, comes the next out with, record is most certainly something. Discharge, the price of silence, and born to die in the gutter. 
So this is from the Max and Rock and Roll. Oh, this one's this record actually that one I forgot about these two EPs. Shit, yeah. I fucked up. These ones are, if anything, maybe better than Her Majesty's. I think. I think this one is Born to um, Die in the Gutter is sweet. I like that song. That song rules. Yeah. Born to die, to die in the gutter. Yeah, that shit like, is cool. But he is doing a thing with his voice. Die in the gutter. The thing you just did. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he yeah, he's starting to. Discharge's patent and wall of noise guitar sound seems inextricably entwined with severe heavy metal influences on the single, which admittedly has its moments of power. But these tasted lead breaks, combined with utterly lame heavy metal vocals, help make these two medium speed offerings as disappointing as a recent 12 inch effort. Adequate lyrics, but they can't save the show. So it's, I will say, I wanted to say with Broken Bones, it's really interesting how like early cross, like crossover is in the UK. Yeah. Cause you got like English Dogs. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, I guess this discharge to a degree. You have GBH on some yeah. level. Um, you have well, we talked about uh, what's the one we just talked about? Uh, broke, I mean, broken bones. Broken duh. Bones, yeah. So that's I feel something that didn't happen until like eighty five or something like that. Eighty four, eighty five with the U.S. Yeah, I mean, we the were, ear- they were kind of behind. The earliest thing you could cite would be like the stains and suicidal tendencies, and that's not really crossover. It's just punk with some heavy metal influences. Yeah, they just they just happen to have a guitarist that can fucking shred they can you know? play a little bit especially suicidal uh, yeah but this Rocky George this is a this is a I, like I said I like that born to die in the gutter I like the price of science I guess a little bit too um then after that it's the Morrissey right the Morrissey yes it yeah, is the, the Morrissey. Morrissey the Morrissey that's where Morrissey got his name from he's like yeah yeah it's a pretty good name oh Morrissey <laughs> the Morrissey maybe I should change how I sound too this sounds too tough <laughs> yeah, I got. <laughs> this is interesting. This is another uh, review from. MRR. I started singing gay because I wanted to be like the bloke from Discharge. <laughs> the bloke who who discharged. Well, hey, they had their uh, first LP was out by then. There you go, eighty four. That's um, what happened. That's when he did it. So that's when he discharged. Let me see. I want to make sure. Yeah, Pooch. This is still the same lineup. So they come out kind of, not tamper out, but. Kind of cold. They're they're kind of losing their steam here now. Bones is still I do out, right? Know, Didn't Bones come back at some point. Uh, yes, later. Now I do know that they did some sort. Of, they must have done some sort of a Euro tour in early '83. Yeah, because there is another live bootleg from Labaco, Finland, in okay. April of '83, and also in '83 from '83 to '84 they toured the U.S. again. Yes. Now. I think that's the footage I've seen of them in the yeah. U.S. was from that tour. I think probably is. Now, he's still not doing his, like, he's still, like, a little little more robust lyric, like, vocally at live, it seems. But, like, they, I mean, there's footage from them in 83 where it looks insane. Like, they're fuck. they sound, they seem awesome. Yeah. So, I don't know what the fuck it is and, like, what Cal's problem is. Because re- at the end of the day, it's him. Right, well, you know what? Maybe it was like on some shit with. I feel like with like the with these English bands, they always try to be like, um, not well. I shouldn't say always, but like when they look back at like their past offerings, they're like, oh no, no, I was a foolish child, just a lord back then. I yeah. didn't know any better. Now I know better. And then right now he's like, and now I'm trying to get some some pool some pussy. May want some minge. 
I gotta sing like Braun Johnson on these new records. Me Julie fancies the Iron Maiden record. <laughs> and not this fucking the screaming with, shit. The one with the Egyptian bloke on the cover. <laughs> I just went Australian for a second. I was I was in Buffalo over the weekend just hanging out with my uh, my lady, just getting out of Rochester for a minute, and we were near a street called Melbourne Street, and it was just Melbourne, Melbourne. It's been in my head all fucking weekend. You know, weird. There was a guy at Vertex on Friday night who was from Australia. That must really? have been fun listening to him speak. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It's certainly, he had a cape accent. on, so. Okay, that sounds about right. Is he cap- it's fucking Captain Kangaroo. He looked like Rob Halford. That's cool. That's pretty cool. I learned about an Australian dish today that's, uh, it's like a pie, like pie like you get in England, like a one of those like meat, a meat pies. Pie. But it's floating in, in pea soup. You cook the pie so that it's buoyant it's and it floats floating in pea soup. Kristoff, uh, can you uh, let us know about that? I'd uh, eat it, thanks. man. I think Anglo food sounds better than it gets credit for. But uh, 83, you know, we got those two singles. Uh, you know, they're touring the U.S. They're going all up around, you know. I think they uh, do some Canada stuff. There is a foot. He's there is an interview. He's like, the more I see of this place, the more I want to go back to where I'm from. Yeah. And the then more they, I see this place, the more I want to eat burger. They <laughs> come out with the more I see single in 1984. Now, again, this still has Pooch on it, but I believe it might be the last thing Pooch does. Clay Records also reissues, does like a compilation of like all of their earlier stuff yeah, that's really out of print and stuff I, like that. I, I, kind of as a stopgap measure, I think, because this band, I like, think. All right, let's make sure. Hey guys, remember this band that's sick? It seems like they they started getting more and more popular, especially in the U.S. around the time that they decided to change their musical style drastically. Because I know, like, when they did their fully bad album in '86 and toured the U.S., like those shows, lots and lots of people went. People really wanted to see Discharge, yeah. and and people were pissed. They though. were in for a treat. So, yeah. do we have a review of the Morrissey record, by the way? Yes, uh, there is a review for <laughs> the, Morrissey the Morrissey record. The more I see, here it goes. Yeah, the more I see of Discharge, the more nauseous I become. That song is unbelievably pathetic. Both the music and the vocals have a full-out metal sound. The B-side, taken from one of their earlier 12 inches, demonstrates just how much they've declined over the years. A complete waste of vinyl. Hmm. I think we should play some of the more I see. We'll, I would we'll like play to the hear whole some song. of it, too. Notably, I will note, MRR did not like metal. Yeah, uh, I they have some disdain for it. And to a degree, though, I kind of agree with them on this. Oh, they, they Especially, were like, being the 80s, too, like... Think yeah. about the people who liked shit that sounded like this. Yeah, you probably so. Yeah. So let's hear some of the more I see.
Well, folks, it's that time of the episode where we have to talk about one of our sponsors. And this week, it's Shirley Road Records. Yes, go over to ShirleyRoadRecords.com. Pick something out. If you need a little help, I actually got something that works perfect for this episode. We're talking the Masker Divine 7-inch Beyondo e Morte. Now, this features... This is like an international kind of little project featuring one of the members, Joe from Zach's and Germatac and a bunch of other Canadian bands, as well as one of the members of the Brazilian band, Besto. And uh, if you're a fan of Deep Beat and Crust and like foreign hardcore, you probably have heard about that band. Very good band. This record is really cool. It seems and sounds like Discharge songs, but played slightly differently with completely different lyrics. Very interesting. And it's only four bucks. Hey, four bucks. What can you get for four bucks? A cup of coffee or something? Barely. So go to ShirleyRoadRecords.com. They got everything that you're looking for if you're a crazy psycho who loves extreme and underground music. And maybe some not-so-extreme stuff, too. And you can use promo code K-O-P-P-O-D-10 to get 10% off of your order. If you like, you can also go to ShirleyRoadRecords.Bandcamp.com to stream everything that CJ has put out on his record label. And that's a lot of different things over the last six or so years, I believe, that the record label has been going. So once again, ShirleyRoadRecords.com. Use the promo code COPPOD10. Tell them we sent you. So I always kind of liked this record, but but especially upon revisiting it, it's like it... it, it uh foreshadows the next full length in that the music pretty good could be good uh cal's vocals what co- the fuck is going on completely there completely inexplicable choices yeah why i do why 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 yeah i do <laughs> like that song i do like that song because it's like kind of like a as you said tim was like chunky it's like little you know you know, got a groove to it, especially in the beginning where it's just the bass and the drums. I mean, and then the, when the guitar the, comes in, the, 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 the lyrics aren't even bad either. No, I feel like like that's not even that far off from something like like anti-sect or like whatever, you know? Yeah, not, or like not sacrilege. Su- yeah, if, like, they super, they got songs if the guitar sound. tone wasn't so wimpy sounding, then yeah, it would could be like that. Yeah, but they have one more record before they come out with their sound. a good record. And that's the Ignorance No Compromise 7-inch. Um, this comes out in 85. So pretty much at this point, um, Rainey and Cal are the only original members. They're getting, like, scabs here in and there. Like, yeah, yeah, Pooch yeah. had left. Um, and this is the, another review from MRR. The A-side is pretty catchy, almost Motorhead-type rock and metalish number with excellent lyrics. The flip is too plodding for my taste, but again with good lyrics. While I don't enjoy this brand of discharge unless their earlier incarnation, at least the integrity of the thoughts is maintained. That is a good point. Kind of good point. That is a good point because even on Grave New World, uh, the lyrical content, if I remember correctly, doesn't change that much, which is in, in stark contrast to a lot of other like punk bands that went metal where they changed their style and promptly started singing about either dragons or pussy or some combination or dragon thereof. pussy. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. I think what that tells me is that this these stylistic choices on Cal's part were done in earnest, and he must have just really liked whatever goofy heavy metal bullshit he was listening to. So I don't think this any of this is the product of them trying to sell out, because otherwise he would have been singing about... Right, like pussy. 
pussy or fucking whatever. Although, although I will also say, to put this in context, like once we get to like eighty, you know, mid eighties, thrash metal is starting to be in full swing. Metallica is already out. Uh, if you want uh, one great example of how this yeah, band Venom has put out multiple records by this yeah, point. this one this band very clear influence on thrash metal. Musically, they've all those guys said GBH discharge huge influences. I remember reading uh, a New York hardcore book where Todd Youth from a bunch of bands uh, said that when th- him and all his New York hardcore guys got a copy of Kill 'Em All by Metallica for the first time, their response was, "Who are these long-haired guys ripping off Discharge?" Among other things, I think thrash metal and Metallica in particular, the lyrical content of those records is not limited to fantasy shit and pussy and fantasizing about getting pussy. And I think you could trace a lot of that to Discharge and the lyrics about war and the darker uh, subject matter. So I think this band influenced thrash metal and then maybe thrash metal influenced them, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like a a, a parasitic... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A negative feedback loop. It's like birds chewing up food and feeding it to each other. Yeah. Until it's just fucking saliva. Yeah. It's just James Hetfield spit. Ugh. Just a whole lot of phlegm in in in, in his in his jaw. Yeah, yeah. Well That's we big Ulrich Lugie going back and forth. <laughs> we are here, folks. We're at one of the most infamous recordings. Of all time. Probably, yeah. 1986's Grave New World. Now, I'm sure you've probably heard of it. I'm sure you've listened to it. I've listened to it multiple times at this point. Um, it is... Discharge... Def- not not at its worst, if you can believe it. No, no, There no, are no, worse Discharge records it, after this. It, musically, I think this had the potential to be a perfectly passable... Like, I won't even say thrash metal because it's too slow... A, a, a good heavy metal record again yeah. with Cal's vocals and the fact that his lyrical content has remained somewhat consistent I would say this is one of the strangest fucking things I've ever heard in my life yeah I don't know why he would sing like that Guns N' Roses wasn't even out yet so I don't think he was trying to rip that guy oh, off it was all Brian Johnson BJ dude, dude that's even all Brian Johnson of. would sound better on this oh he'd sound better I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out who he's poorly you know? imitating yeah I don't I don't know. People always say I've, in the reviews that I've read and things, it's like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe, no, yeah. is it? I yeah, Maybe. He does have a high voice. Halford, maybe? Maybe Halford or something. I don't know. It's you know just like, to me, I think he sounds like the, the singer from Nuclear Assault. Oh, that's what we'll maybe. check out. Yeah. yeah. Which he, I swear, he likes, they straight, they sound pretty interesting. And he would probably like it because of the name and because of the, again, right. th- there's a, band, a heavy metal band that would not have had. The aesthetic or the lyrics they did were it not for discharge i don't think oh probably not no yeah we let's play the title track let's give the I folks hear it here too. this is this is you've never really, heard it before oh i've heard it but i want to hear it again okay. it's, it, it gets me every time yeah it's always yeah because it's musically it's not that bad it's like this yeah it's a metal record it's okay this isn't that bad but then yeah once the vocals hit uh oh, you'll know if you haven't heard it before
not good either, though. It's. Would you say it's a grave mistake? Yeah, yeah, especially upon revisiting. I mean, one, the vocals, I think you nailed it, Tyler. He probably is trying to do King Diamond because it sounds like that a yeah. little bit. It also does, it's almost prophetic how much it sounds like a bad version of Axl Rose. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Musically, I always, when I talk about his record stress, like, oh, it's not bad. The music's pretty good. The music's not bad. But by 1986, like, every branch of the heavy metal tree had uh, sweeter fruit than this to offer. For sure. Yeah. It's firmly mediocre music, uh, pretty bad production, and, and the vocals, I don't even... Yeah, I guess he wanted to be King Diamond. I don't know, and I don't know why he wanted to do that. They were like five years late on, on getting on that like that new wave of British heavy metal money. Yeah, like, it's I don't know crazy. what they were thinking. And this doesn't even sound like that because that shit has the like soaring leads and like some double kick maybe here and there. This is like very plodding sounding. Yeah. Like when I think new wave of British heavy metal, I think like, you know, Saxon fucking flying through the like, sky, wheels of motherfucking steel yeah. and shit. Or like a D-head. Uh, uh, yeah, D-head. <laughs> D-head with that Am I Evil shit. That shit is goaded. This is ass. Lightning to, to the nations. Yeah, this is diamond ass. This is shit and piss. This. <laughs> I want to know what the fuck made them think they could go tour the United States and play well, like with punk bands. Here's So this. here's the thing. It was raining in Cal, and they recruited Gary Malone from the earlier records, and they needed a guitar player, and Fish, one of the members of the Skeptics, who also appeared on the Pusshead Top 100. Great Remember band. that? Love them. Um, was talking to Mike Stone about, he was sending him like demos, and he's like wanting to get more stuff for the Skeptics, and we're like, yeah, well, we can't really afford to have like another band on the label, but... You, would you want to play with Discharge? And so he's like, sure, cool. And so he writes the stuff with Rainey and Gary. And then... Which makes makes sense. Skeptics' later stuff is into metal punk territory, but it's really good. Um, and again, this couldn't have been... This could have been a little bit better. And there's a great article about this. This uh, could have been a little bit better. This could have been a little bit better. Um, <laughs> there's a great better. article about an uh, interview with could Fish. Could have been worse, so presumably... On negative insight, which we'll put in the put in the link. It's yeah, definitely worth reading. Now, why does he go by this name? Is it because he smells like a fish? Or I don't. It's because he's British and they all have stupid fucking names. They love fish notice. there. Fish they, and they chips. Fish a lot. They do. Did you, oh, he's named after his favorite hobby. And Jelly Deal. Yeah, he loves to go fishing and wearing a camo hat. So they record. They write this and they record. It, and in the interview, in the interview, he says. Yeah, when Cal did those vocals, I thought he was taking the piss. Um, but I, any reasonable person would. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, what? That's what you're doing. And oh. then Cal had to explain to him, like, "Oh no, brother, I'm doing." I will looking, say no. And looking the way, if you look at pictures from this, looking the way Cal does, which is hilarious. Um, Dude, that footage of like discharge from the, like that U.S. Grave New World tour, or whatever. Like, didn't we watch a video from that where, like, he's, like, all on stage and he, like, doesn't have a shirt on and it's just, like, what it's like no, what the fuck some, is this guy doing? I don't think I've seen footage of it, but there's audio of it. Yeah, and I, I will say, one, before we get to that quick thing on this record, I will say if he did the opposite thing and went back to his earlier vocal style, like the barking, like, decontrol style vocals, this would be an awesome record. This plotting heavy metal with the wanky leads but then angry fucking vocals... That would be a really cool, unique record. I would think it was great. But uh, 
That's the opposite of what happened. Yeah. Yeah, so Discharge goes on a U.S. tour. Uh, Rainey leaves, like, after recording this because... Um, also, for those that don't know, there is a 15-minute song on this fucking album. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've listened to it before. It's How awful. I don't fucking know, but... Is it like uh, that the whole time, or does, is it like a multi-part prog thing, or is it just really I don't long? think it's as... Con- no, it's not a prog thing. I think it's just very it's, plotting and It's a lot of guitar solos. It, it's more yeah. like on the Angel and the Gambler tip, is what you're saying. Yes. Um, now, if you don't know, they went on a U.S. tour. I forgot who they had play bass i think someone else from skeptics maybe yeah but so this was like devastating they were they did like a five-week tour played like 20 shows or something like that and just like every time was just getting like dumped on like almost literally 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 dumped on i think famously when they played the ritz in new york city uh hr from bad brains had like a garbage can he filled up with water and dumped it on them while they were playing they did that i think similarly with uh in at the farm if if you don't haven't heard it listen to the recording when they played the farm in san francisco which is a fucking squat by the way yeah also who, you know who else played with that show? DRI. DRI! Attitude Adjustment. Possessed, And right? Possessed. Yeah. Wow, so they, basically, they, they set themselves up for complete failure on that one. Absolute so they, failure. So they, they, if, if you're going up against DRI in 86, and, and you're discharged, dude, you're losing. You are fucking losing. And so, Possessed. So you're, you're playing with, like, the best punk and best extreme metal bands in that area pretty much um at least the best ones that weren't like metallica or slayer yeah Yeah. and you're doing both punk and metal poorly yeah and you're like in cal the entire time is just like no we aren't playing the old stuff and apparently they were able to coax him into doing state state violence state control and he was like okay but i'm gonna sing it like this and it's like just made people more on mad. the bootleg recording you can hear the crowd chanting fuck you yeah fuck you fuck <laughs> and it gets louder and louder until it is significantly louder than discharge playing yeah it's insane and it's funny because like i swear to god i think earlier in the year or maybe around that that year sometime in that year um what's Pusshead's band uh septic death septic death plays and jeff um not jeff uh Guy from uh, Metallica, um, Hatfield, Hatfield, James, James, Jeff, James Hatfield, like introduces like them. Yeah. Like if you've never seen that was like only recently covered in the last like five or six years. And imagine going to shows at the farm and like, and you're it's at, like you're at like ground zero for American crossover and like punk influenced metal. You're at peak. And you, not right only now. that, but you're the like number one band that inspired all of those bands, and the number one band that anyone who liked them would probably agree on. So, ooh, Discharge is playing. Oh, and I wonder what that's going to be like. Sucking ass. And you might not have been able to hear the record, the LP. You might have not have gotten the LP yet. Yeah, probably not. Or heard it, and it's like, ooh man, or it's like man. Two years ago, they were awesome. <laughs> like, or, you know, two, three years ago, they were great. This is why I push back on the thing where people are like, well, I make music for myself. I don't care what people think. It's like, sometimes you should. 
Sometimes you yes. just need to take a hint, and 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 you should take a hint, and you should trust your fans enough to know. Or I want to say fans. I fucking hate the idea of fans. You should trust listeners enough to have some judgment about whether you're good or bad after a certain point. You know what I think is funny, just with how abusive these crowds are being towards discharge. I don't know. Do you think that's because they're like, oh, these are you know, so a couple of Europeans. It's like oh, like like we can we can treat these people I mean, like the a- like the the accent, dog yeah, shit. they're a peeing. The accent, yeah. they're gonna be I'll, peeing. I'll say the accent never helps. Right, it just makes you want to be rude to uh, you know people like and that. And yeah, they're really it, they've been fully surpassed by their peers. I mean, this same year, a very 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 discharge influence band from Sweden by the name of Anti Simex, they did a heavily metal influenced twelve inch, and it's yeah fucking kicks ass. That's one of the best Anti Simex records, and it's fucking it's crazy. Uh, yeah, just, and Onslaught had a fucking well, record out. I was gonna say, roughly, you got, like, all the other bands back in England probably around this time who were, you know, taking what Discharge... I mean, Extreme Noise Terror was putting out yeah, stuff right around this ENT, time, right? ENT, Napalm Death, even if you want to Doom, go, you yeah. know? If Fuck. You, if you want to be less crusty and go more, like, crossover... English dogs were making like the some of the best crossover at all time. Axe grind, like, it wasn't like axe grinder and like um, hell ripper and shit that's, like that. That's hell bastard. Hell bastard. That's more. So the fucking Chromax record came out in 1986. Yeah. So like, <laughs> who? Yeah. It's it's crazy how bad. That's what I was talking about. Like last time, last episode, there isn't like bands don't do this anymore. No, I kind of wish they did. I kind of wish well, they did too. You know, actually, it is funny because I kind of they they were like that is like some shit like like the American hardcore bands would do. You know, like that's like some SSD shit. Yeah, the fucking some of those records are good. You know, you got the Void, the Necros Void Tangled Up. That's a good record. You got um, break it, break it up, right? Break that's it up. SSD? That is not a good record. Uh, but <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, verbal, See, I mean, verbal abuse rocks your liver. That one rules. Dyke Kreutzen had the October Files. Great record. The that's eff- a good. That is a good one. The though. Effigies post punk record is awesome. So it can work sometimes. It's just like it depends on how it goes. But yes, this is bizarre. Cal eventually they were going to kick Cal out. They said, which is funny because it's like none of you are original, like original really at all. But okay, they were going to kick him out. He leaves. They pretty much like break up after that. Yeah. But not for very long. I believe 89, there is some sort of comp. Like, Clay is putting out, like, reissuing probably stuff around this time. They're milking this shit. And I believe in 91, they kind of come back. Let me yeah, just... it was 91. Now, there's footage of them in 91 where they did a Japan tour, which is really interesting. And, and like I just said, uh, they... Oh, you know, I think that's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, you might. Yeah, would they look like metal assholes? No, no and yeah, like just like the singer, like trying to be like, like he's in like ACDC or something. Yeah. yeah. Now, ninety-one in Japan. Uh, as I said earlier, Cal was like refused to do older songs with when they were on the U.S. tour in eighty-six. There, I found footage of them in ninety-one in. Uh, maybe Okinawa or something like that. They did a bunch of dates and they are playing exclusively older material. It's crazy. I'm like, what? Okay, what the fuck? So, so back then in the United States, we have this record that no one likes and like you're like, eh, no, we can't. But you reform to play Japan and you now you can play all older material. Ridiculous. But 
There's also well, footage. I also think maybe maybe the like whoever booked like the booked the tour for them in Japan was like, listen, yeah. you need to play this stuff. Like, don't play any of this I'm other. Just, shit. I'm just imagining a a bunch of like yakuza guys. <laughs> but seriously Ugh. though, man, and uh, Sensei Seagal's in the back. He's like, he sits, the the Cal, he's, <laughs> yeah, he sits down with Kelly. He sits down with Kelly. He's like, now listen, motherfucker. If you want to play this motherfucking gig, you're going to play this motherfucking set list you I got right here. You best not be slipping, dude. You understand, blood? <laughs> if I hear that goddamn falsetto, you better man, watch your six, brother man. Man, brother, if I hear that coming out of your mouth. I will snatch your motherfucking birthday. <laughs> but there is a there is footage that I've watched. Um, Deathside opened up for them on one of the shows, and Ishia, the vocalist, was like... Uh, someone translated it, it's like they seem to be very upset with how arrogant discharge because he says something like discharge man what 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 assholes or something like that well, like, sure during death, their set death side in 1991 would have blown yeah. them and like just about every band ever off the fucking stage i'm yeah. sure they were probably asking their their underboss of the yagas to be like can i can i you know shoot up and stab uh kale yeah. please I don't think these bands were as connected to the Yakuza. No, it's blown out of proportion. I think I mean, a little I, bit I, I, it's funny though. It's it's, funny. It is funny. There's some truth to it. I've heard in some ways, but depending, it dep- I, I think it's with the clubs. But that's, that's that what it sense. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be clear, uh, uh, Seagal's claims to have either been connected to the Yakuza or having fought them in hand to hand combat very unfounded is completely they, false. He beat. I beat them so bad. They, his ex wife said that he me. he had to kick some drunks out of the front of his dojo once, and that was about it for her seeing Jesus him fight Christ. people in Japan. But they also put out a record in '91, and boy, you thought if Grave New World was bad. Wait till you get a load of this doo-doo. <laughs> of Massacre Divine. This is where, it, this is, yeah, this is like even more bizarre. It gets really weird I think it guys. Honestly, I think it just keeps getting, like this three album period, like it just kept getting like worse and worse. Uh, Somehow. yeah. So this album, I could only describe loosely as like funk thrash. Do we? I mean, I know what the perfect song we could play for this section. You got to We got to right? play yeah. Sexplosion. Yeah. Yeah, Steven, Steven Seagal actually wrote this for them. This is an outtake from the songs from the Crystal Ooh, Creek Cave album. This is a song called Sex Explosion. Sex. It's about how I want the Punani. I need the Punani. I need it so I'm bad. Steven Seagal. Right, My this name's is Steven Punani Seagal. <laughs> this is Sexplosion by Discharge off of Masker Divine.
So let's, I'm going to start with some positives. First off, I like the album art for, for uh, Massacre Divine, actually. It does. It's pretty cool. It reminds me very much of the new Lotion record, which is probably the best record I heard this past year, honestly. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. That Curly's record. It's second best. Um, seriously. But fucking, uh, and I can't defend this opinion or explain it, but I'm tempted to say I like this record better than Grave New World. Yeah, at least it's funnier. It's funnier. The production is less like murky and bad sounding, and uh, his vocals are marginally, marginally less annoying, but still, but absolutely somehow more garbage. annoying too. Still, a complete dog turd. It's like he. It's like he'd been gargling like glass. Like, yeah, which which was becoming kind of in vogue in the early nineties. That's like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he wanted to be Kurt Cobain or Eddie Vedder or what he was trying to do, but fucking, I don't know what he was trying to do. You guys show me that Mordred band that was like funk metal. I guess Faith No More was big at this point. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's another good call. Yeah, yeah. Suicide Time to See is, I mean, what's the other suicidal band related? Oh, oh Infectious Grooves. Grooves. That, that's like, yeah, the slap yeah. bass and meat is like so, it's, the thing is though, some of the, those bands that groove, this is like zero groove. This is white. This is true white These people are so, groove. I mean, and from from up north, you know. Yes, yeah, so up of north. Of course, white they people. had no groove. Um, three of the songs start exactly the same of the, this song, and on this record, right with the with the choppy, uh, terrible yeah, drumming. Yeah, you know, I you think were it's like about. white knuckle ride and new age. White knuckle ride. Yeah, that's really it's nice the songs on this are city of fear, F E D. Lost Tribe Rising. It's like, what the fuck is this? What the Lost fuck Tribe is going Rising. on? This motherfucker's is it you black Hebrew Israelite or what? What is I going mean, on here? This is like the what their first record where, where they really started doing like the sax pussy songs, right? Yeah, I guess they don't really do it at all. This sex. They actually never say anything about sex besides well, the title sex. It's called sex explosion, but he says sex explosion, so it doesn't even like it doesn't even match up. He's like not even saying anything about the kind of sax he'd like. I to like have. the slap bass, you know, because you think I play with my fingers. <laughs> yeah. They I'm said, "Ain't the people? Any other people that play the fingers?" Many, how many like other white boys you know play with their? They fingers? never seen a. They never. They never seen a white boy play like this. Play before. with their fingers. I play like this because Abba Collins played like this. Abba King played like this. Sorry, I'm doing more Steven Seagal. I just this was watching most. Yeah, people are people are gonna think that you're crossover. actually just doing like a like a like a racialist voice. No, we're just making fun of Steven Seagal. Yeah, don't be don't be. Fooled. I don't I don't know what color I am. There's no color in the blues, but and, I know out of all my friends, I'm the only one who was quote unquote not black who played with his fingers. Uh, blue <laughs> is unquote. a color. I like Mr. Seagal. Blue is a quote color. unquote not black. You you are a color. Whatever the color of like a, a glazed ham is, that's the color that you <laughs> like are. Like a pink, like a nice yeah. pink color. Yeah. But this charge does not end here. No, no, no it no. gets much worse. It, it gets, gets wilder. In preparation for this episode, I knew about Massacre Divine. I did not know about shooting up the world. This thing is fucked. <laughs> this yeah. is fucked. Album cover, it's uh, an eye with a gun hand in the middle, a hand holding a gun. And the uh, first song is about, like, Charles Manson for some reason. Manson Child. Manson, Manson Child. Child. Which is a, see, they're trying to be like genocide, Manson Youth. 
Yeah, probably. But they yeah. couldn't take that. They name. definitely wanted to be like genocide. That's what I take away from this thing. That's honestly though, if they wanted to make like you know records that didn't suck, big balls. Uh, this they they, this should have. This is the yeah. most inexplicable one. I have no idea why this album sounds the way that it did. They're playing some weird dissonant chords. Which, Dude, it, it yeah, it, it sounds like metalcore. It sounds like metalcore. It's like, how are they doing this? It right? Sounds now? a little like they want to do grunge though. To Alice in Chains, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, you're right about the dis like the dissonant like Voivod. I always attribute thing. that to Voivod, but they're playing like mid tempo plotting bullshit. And yeah, his, they're not playing like technical. His, his vocals by this point, I would be comfortable saying maybe he wanted to do an Axl Rose thing. The lyrical content, I mean, Manson, Charles Manson, he's doing like Hollywood, uh, Babylon yeah, type USA lyrical content. Stuff. Like, I don't know, man. Someone needs to ask this motherfucker about why this, why about why 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 why? Because I don't. <laughs> have an answer really those that's yeah. my speculative stuff it's, upon listening to this is voivod and like uh the cock rocky end of like grunge and alt rock it seems to me that i, I if i had to guess that this the this uh buddy kale here uh he must be extremely embarrassed about Probably. these rackers if i had to guess that must well, it's, be it. like i said he if he refuses to talk about it, he like doesn't want to talk about it like ever, and like or like people aren't able to get to him, or maybe they're just choosing not to. But it's really weird that like Taz and like even Rainy, I guess, seem to be down to I like, mean, talk about it, and I, Bones even. I feel like even like you could be honest if you tried, if you like contact them and were honest with them, be like, listen, like I know, like everybody like thinks that those are like bad records. It's like <laughs> nobody's here to bust your balls. No, it's we just want to like. Figure some shit out about this. Yeah. yeah. I want to figure it out because, like, they're also, it's enjoyable to a degree. It's like, yes, it's bad. Yes, I think it's bad. Yes, I might laugh at it a little bit, but I, hey, bro, you know, that's more than a lot of records. That's more than a lot of DB records from the, like, the 90s and 2000s. Right. Yeah. So, and not to say that this is DB necessarily or really at all. It's not. But I don't know. And uh, truly, at the end of the day, the good outweighs the bad for discharge. Like, yeah, and they got back to the good after this. I would argue not. They're not too much longer after this. Yeah, um, which I mean, well, we're, we're not going to discuss that, are we? I, I, uh, we I, don't really. I wanna, we don't need to play songs for them necessarily. No, but I, I might. We might add a song from the O2 record because I, I want to say the record in two thousand two, which I believe jo- Bones rejoined for. Correct. Yeah. So what happened? Pretty much, they're they're in this amorphous state of like playing fucked up metal shit i don't even know it's hard to describe um we might i might have popped in a song from shooting up the world here but they're hanging out apparently with nigel bamford some of the older members one of the the og members nigel bamford who played bass originally i believe Mm -hmm. and they're talking about redoing like doing discharge again like bones and rainy and stuff like that so i believe what they do is the original like pretty much the original lineup comes together rainy tez um bones cal um and maybe someone else and they end up doing an album cal can't end up doing it he can't like tour on like stuff so he's on that record though he is i believe on the what is it called? Desensitize or like? No, no, that was later. No, I'm talking. About, there's a self-titled discharge. one. It's before just a that. self-titled album. Yeah, and, okay, and, and yeah. They, they do that desensitized one too. So as far as briefly, like after Discharge gets back together with a real lineup and starts playing actual Discharge music, uh, the, I think they did three albums. The second and third ones I would say are not good. 
the first one from 2002, I'm confident saying is a good album. Uh, it's not a great album. It's not on par with Y or whatever, but the it sounds like Discharge. His vocal style is all the way back to how it used to be. The songs are very, very memorable. They're catchy. They get stuck in my head. My biggest criticism on this record actually is the drumming. Uh, you know, I mean, the tragic thing about this record is it's it's good, but by this point, 92, D-beat, I mean, Driller Killer was already around. You know, their acolytes from Scandinavia had made them obsolete. And the most Scandinavian yeah. thing about this record is there are some Ulrichian tendencies in the drumming, which is to say he plays some stupid-ass fucking fills that don't need to be mm -hmm. there. But all things considered, the self-titled Discharge record from O2, good, worth listening to, uh, but maybe not necessary for them to do more records. Yeah. I wish they called it quits after that. They sh well, Especially if Cal couldn't tour on it. They should have just broken up and been like, all right, everybody gets one last good record. You get like a last show maybe locally yeah. in Stoke, Stokey, and then that's it. I would say, so in 93, when Shooting Up the World comes out, uh, I think was Absolute Country of Sweden comes out. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, not even close. Like, that... It's crazy. It is still crazy. good, but it's not absolute country of Sweden. No. What? What's so good? Though I, th I like I said, I think that O2 discharge record. No, is I'm good. talking about shooting up the world. Like oh, yeah, you're a punk person. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, like you're you're, you're like yeah. I'm, if you're a I'm, metal person, you're not going to listen to shooting up the world no. either. You're listening to Morbid Angel, brother. Morbid Angel or um probably Dream Theater. To be honest, Any, with anything you. else yeah. on the face of the fucking planet other than that or grunge right, or, or are you listening to the the Judgment Night soundtrack. Right, there's like the number thing. You could be listening to Bossa Nova, Polka, who knows what. <laughs> yeah, Any third, third wave ska. I don't give a fuck. You're not listening to that. You're listening to like Green Day. I yeah. think the only person listening to those discharge records are the people who performed on its parents and yeah. family. <laughs> yeah. They were able to pawn up. We sold four guys. To me, to me mom. Oh, actually, me parents are divorced, so that's four copies. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I would say so after Cal like kind of leaves and they're kind of a band again, um, they get Rat from the Verukers. Yes, which is interesting. He plays from '03 to 2014. Perfect replacement. I mean, because Verukers, I mean by 1984, even I would say the Verukers were better than Discharge. Yeah, and the Verukers oh, for sure. They did not stray from that formula. The Verukers records from the '90s are awesome. What's when did Religion of Fraud? Is that Verukers or is that something? Another else? religion, another war. Yeah, same thing. That thinking. came out yeah. in like '83. No, '84, sure. I believe, maybe. But still, like they're '83. They're that era post like '82 stuff. I mean, yeah. even the '82 record. Great, yeah, like I said, even the one struggle, one fight that came out in the '90s. That's a great Verukers album. Yeah. So the two, yeah, I will agree. 2002 record, not bad. I think though, the thing that's overlooked is the 2016 record and uh, end of days or whatever. A nuclear blast. That one. That one is good. It is good. Maybe it's I, good. I got to revisit it then. I only the vocalist to it briefly. had been playing in Broken Bones for a while. Rat. And then he again? joined. No, not Rat. Different the guy. Okay. Different guy. I forgot his name. But he joined Discharge because Broken Bones is still a band this, like this entire time. And yeah. I think putting out like especially in the late '80s, they were putting out solid records. Yes. Yeah. So. Also, a very funny reading in the book uh, Burning Britain about Bones. He was like. Yeah, I didn't listen to. I don't listen to LPs or other bands because I don't want to be influenced by them. Which is like that's literally what Dave the, Mustaine says. That's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's like whenever that's, a musician says that, it's just like that's how you know they're God. an idiot. I've you're, heard two musicians. You're either lying or like 
you're just like so far up your own ass. I've heard two people say that now. Bones and and previously the, the Dave Mustaine used to right. say that in interviews. Bones, it's like that is not good company to be in with. <laughs> no. On that, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. Bonesy. Sorry, Bones. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the the 2016 record is good. Okay, like, that's kind of more like, a, and they sound really fucking good now. Like, that's like almost yeah, crossover, do. though, isn't it? Kind no, of? no, it's it's like straight up like old like discharge though. Oh wow. Like, it sounds like hear nothing, like, kind of discharge. Um, like, obviously not the same. It's got maybe a little little teeny bit more metal influence, but, like, very much like a throwback, but, again, done very well. And Tez, he moves from drums. He plays guitar, which makes sense. He's an older person. You know what? Hey, old heads that are drummers, learn how to play guitar. Like, you can just join on guitar and have a young buck fucking DB the yeah. way. Um, but yeah, that's it's like Taz, Bones, Rainy, and then like two younger people. Like, and we'll say younger. I mean, they're so old and like. I do remember the record. You know what? I I misspoke earlier. That record is good. Desensitized is not very good. That one's good. No, that has a, a song that I think I think is very funny called "They Lie, We Die." I remember watching a music video for it. I remember that too. I remember that from when I was a uh, teenager. They yeah. Lie, we die. They lie, we die. But that's I think pretty much it for the history of discharge but i think maybe we should before we end brush up on you know what is the takeaway from this is there anything to take away from this well i i led by talking about how this band's influence is so huge it's almost hard to wrap your head around i think a lot of music critics outside the punk world have overlooked that they literally invented a genre unintentionally called there's a whole genre based on ripping them off called d-beat yeah they core you know as they used to be called Thrash metal uh, probably wouldn't, uh, at least it wouldn't sound anything like it did without this band. Swedish punk hardcore would, I mean, dude, like, there's a handful of Swedish and even like other bands from that region that were like super. Absolutely yeah, that was probably the biggest. I mean, and, 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 and I would say European punk and hardcore in the 80s generally. This is the predominant influence. You do hear other influences, but the predominant, like the default sound for European hardcore in the 80s is sounding like Discharge. Um, yeah. And I I think, you know, we shit on their later records, and I would say justifiably so, but the, there is a tragedy to it in the sense that I feel like when you're this influential, it is inevitable that the people inspired by you are going to surpass you at some point. Yeah, there's no way around it. It's same in sports or anything else like that was always going to happen. I, I like I said, I wish I, I don't wish it doesn't matter to me. I think those records are funny. But if I was them, I would maybe be wishing that they did that 2002 record a little earlier and called it. And then it'd be a little bit more of a graceful uh, decline aging gracefully, I guess. But it all happened really fast. In just a one short little decade, they changed the face of all extreme music forever. Yeah, and, and, and again, I the reason I think maybe we've been talking a little more about like, oh, hardcore crossing over the mainstream. I think mainstream music fans and critics need to pay attention to this band and give them their due, or they should if they know what's good for them because there is artistic value to this band that goes way beyond just like, oh, they're a kick-ass punk rock band. Like they, Or, were, oh, they just know. created a D. They created even, a DB. No, it's dude. more. It's a little more than that. I feel like even with like the whole fashion thing, like we were talking about with the Absolutely, jacket. Absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I said, like I said, there's so important. much like like icon- iconography in there. Like so many notable things where you see it, it's Discharge. You know it's Discharge. It's the pigeon, the pigeon on a knife, the three-headed like skull. Or like the, the eye, ear, mouth, and... 
brain. Yeah. Thing. You know, you like, see that shit. Like, I don't the, fucking... The, even the fucking Loke, even their name. Like... Oh, the, yeah, like, the bands dis, rip that dis, font off like crazy. Rip that font yeah. off. The this band name, like... Yeah. That's another big thing. Like... Dude, this band did so much. They're like this band. They're like, what if Agathocles was like had a better influence on the world? Like Rolling Stone and shit will give the credit to like Black Flag and Minor Threat and all those bands, but that's because of Stephen Blush's book and because of Fugazi. And like, if they really wanted to pick the you know five most artistically valuable things out of the '80s hardcore scene, I don't know how you don't. Well, I don't know how you don't. Pick you know, the only way to get them, them to finally. Uh, acknowledge discharge. Get the singer from Paramore to say something about it. Oh that yeah, would, that might be a start. Yeah, gotta get like what's know. whoever that is. Uh, we got. I'm trying to think. Who can we get? One hundred gex. One hundred. Yeah, one hundred gex does no. a remix of or like the Bad more Bunny. I, the Morrissey. Yeah, Bad Bunny would do it. Get Bad Bunny to do a remix of like of the Morrissey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. He probably loves. He probably loves Morrissey. Probably. Yeah. Um. So that would make a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I or get I, Jay Belvin to do it because he did a Metallica cover. Did he? Yeah, oh my god! Here, right? Yeah, yeah and it was fun. It was actually one of the better songs on that comp. Or I believe Shakira that did a good Metallica cover. I can't remember which one. Yeah, she did that, she did that song. Yeah, <laughs> you guys should know about that. Yeah, look up, look up uh, the co- the vocal cover of "Nothing Else Matters" by Jack Mann on YouTube. <laughs> Well, folks, we're the kings of punk. We're a podcast. That was the legacy right. of Discharge. You know, we got to give out, give out, give pass out the flowers to the acts before they're all dead. And surprisingly, I don't think a single member of this band is dead. I think every single one. They are. I'm. Is, I'm are I'm, they? I, I yeah. They are. They, they are, are all dead. They are all. No, dead. no, they're no, they're alive. Like Bones is alive. I. I, I would Pretty know sure if he died because yeah, we would know that dude is one of the biggest influences on my guitar playing. We didn't even hardly get to analyzing his guitar playing. We could do that another time. He's great at that. It's like a sort of a souped up version of the Johnny Thunder style, where it sounds like he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and then you discover that he does. It's it's like it's magical. All right. Well, and last last thoughts, final thoughts. No. Kingsofpunk.com, motherfucker. Top Hot Official you on Instagram. Better, best watch a six, brother. Watch a six. watch a six, brother. Go to kingsofpunk.com slash bigcartel or whatever the fuck to buy our stickers as I, I would like some money, please. Thanks. Bombs away.